Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Hey guys. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to this, the thick of the winter. That's true. We're in the most depressing part of the year. What do you mean? Just we just had like... The most wonderful the, uh, time. Now it's the most depressing. It's the, it's the what is, I was going to say, the dawn before the dark, like the opposite <laughs> of how it goes. It's like an hangover, right? Like it, you, first yes. you have fun and then the next day you have a yes. headache. January is the headache That's of good. the year. December is the intoxication Yes. And then January and February is bad. I don't want to leave bed. <laughs> I'm puking. True, but I, you know, I also what I think all the time that by January days are getting longer. Mm. In reality, so more time to be depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yes. So let's see. Um, one thing: by the time you guys are listening to this, fifteen thousand listens. Yes, and close to will be the nineteenth episode. This one. Might have been something like that, yeah. Close uh, we didn't count for this one. Well, but thank you to everybody for everyone listening to this. All fifteen thousand. And thank you for the people listening in the United States and outside of the United States. It's, which apparently we have fair amount of people listening yeah. in other countries, which is great. Um not sure we want to reveal the country. Uh yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll not say that, but uh but there's a lot of them. Yes. A lot of them. We would say fifty? There was fifty different countries and Three of them, two of them besides the United States, were contributing pretty heavily pretty to the, the total. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's going to be fun, as should be fun. Today's discussion, right? Indeed. Um, and I am going to write down. Yes. The things that I'm going to say. I'm going to write down a prediction <laughs> for right. this episode. I'm going to write a sentence verbatim. All right. That's going to come out of my mouth. Hmm. Just I'll reveal it later. All right. All so right. today we're going to be talking about this thing called human nature. What is that? And, you know, when we were talking about this, doing this episode, I think we had, I had in mind a few different ways in which we can talk about this, honestly. Okay. What, what did you have in mind? Because I think that the human nature stuff can be attached to different topics. There is a... Um, there is the, the the let's call it political philosophy okay. aspect of it, uh, which is usually the the attachment that you can have through Locke, Hobbes, uh, Rousseau, right? Meaning, are we good or bad by nature, right? Right. And then there is instead a more general way of understanding this that has to do with the way we are. Uh, what makes us different from other beings, right? This is the one I think of first. And okay. as usual, I think of this one as connecting to... No, I agree with you uh, on that. Uh, on this one, I agree with you. But I'm assuming okay. that the other one is going to come up. Oh, yeah. I think too. so. And I think that you know when, when we talk about these things, we usually start with, what do people think when we talk about human nature? I think they think yes. the second one, though. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, okay, so... I mean, the first one that I said, the second one for us. When you say human nature, uh, first important word, nature. Nature. Okay, what is that? Oh, boy. Um, well, I'm thinking of the discussion that we just had. Um, some people would... club? No. <laughs> discussion that we had Oh, before. that one. <laughs> secret, top secret. Um, I'm thinking of... of the fact that some people will probably say today that this nature stuff is the what we'll call the norm. Mm. What is what is like what is natural is what is normal. Mm. Not that I agree with that, but okay, uh, I'm assuming that this is what this is what it, most people will say when we talk, especially attached to the human stuff. Mm. Um, if we're talking about nature in general, then it should be, if we look for a more classic, more probably more classical um, definition, maybe we can say that what is nat- nature or natural are things that are untouched by humans, the way we find them, the, whatever comes before mm. any sort of human manipulation or human culture and stuff like that. Would you agree? Yeah, I think for the most part, I think I would shorten the sentence from what is normal to what is. Okay. Right? Nature is just being what is the case. Um, Unchangeable? That's an interesting question. Um, what well, seems like you could... if Okay. <laughs> Back up, because I think that's a good question. Think of like 10 different things. Yeah. One way you could think about the totality of what is mm-hmm. right nature is that it's this actually relates to the last conversation we had i would say it's not a infinite mm-hmm. there are limits within nature yes within nature okay call them rules yeah and b similarly it is not random mm, what do you mean well it's a follows directly from the fact that it has rules okay it's not like the rules are like blipping in and out of existence or changing constantly like there's patterns there's consistent patterns that's what i mean okay so once we establish what these rules are there is regularity let's call it not yes. rather than patterns let's call it regularity sure so it's like um, but the coming into being is mm-hmm. not necessarily necessary the coming into being of natural stuff. The coming into being. Yes. Not the being. Yes. That's also, that's already an interesting question of like, if it ever was not exactly. and came to be, or if it w- was eternally. So that's what I'm saying. Let's say human uh, life, right? Mm-hmm. That in, well, do you think there was a design that it happened to be or rules for this? Right. Or did it was just randomly things combined in a way and then this happened? And then at that point. So with regard to nature in general, <laughs> regardless of whether there was intelligent design creation, mm-hmm. it is some kind of fixed background. And I use the term fixed loosely because I know you can take that in all different ways. But I mean like it's the arena. Okay. As well as all the things playing in the arena. It's the canvas. It's the canvas the stuff on the canvas and the rules that structure both of those things. So nature for you is equals natural laws. Natural laws 
and also the concrete particulars embodying those natural laws. It's it's the whole thing. Like I, like I'm not saying it's some platonic other realm where it's like just the laws because we don't encounter that. Like we encounter stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be as broad as possible while trying to keep the idea, which is to say, like it's it's the code. Mm-hmm. It's the things coded. Mm-hmm. It's both of those things. Oh, like a, a very Aristotelian way, right? Where the who who's the, that? <laughs> the form and the matter are together, and that is the. It's, would, yeah, let's say it's the form, the matter that's formed, and the arena in which the formed matter is taking place. So there's nothing that happens, or that exists mm-hmm. that is outside of nature. For this purpose, I'm going to say no. Okay. Which is the definition that probably people wouldn't like because then, like, there's no such thing as supernatural because everything is natural. But let, I don't know. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just take this in the most charitable I, way possible. Yeah, I think, I think I know what you're saying. You're saying that even the supernatural thing will still happen within this yeah. theater for just us. Just say it's the, ga- it's the ontological game board, it's the pitch where we play. That's it. And the rules of the game. And the stuff playing and, by the rules. And there's also the players. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, right. Everything is in nature. Yeah, I will say yeah. that. Okay. That um, makes sense. So. <laughs> okay. Then we had the other part, which is human. Which is human, right? So so there's this thing called nature, which is something like the thing mm-hmm. we're saying. Yeah. Um, and then human then would be one specific category playing in this arena. Yeah. So to speak. Mm-hmm. And as something playing in this arena, yeah. it is A, going to have its own set of rules mm-hmm. and regularities mm-hmm. that are themselves structured by and taking place within that larger one. Okay. Right? So there's nature in general, and then there's human nature, which is a, maybe, let's say, a subset of nature. So there's rule, regulations, material stuff, and everything else, everything. which is related to a specific being, which is the human. Yep. And this, the, an analogy would be like, there's clothes, then you got shirts, mm-hmm. and human is like a shirt. Okay. Whereas, I don't know, not exactly, or like you, mm-hmm. maybe you pick shirts, and like human is polo, and another animal is long sleeve or something, <laughs> or something like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well... Yeah, I think we can. I can. Is live that good? With, I can live with that. You can live with that. <laughs> okay. With that. Um, the question, beca- the first thing that comes to to mind when we define it this way, though, it, is the fact that if we define it this way, right, this means, I'm assuming, that this human nature is unchangeable, right? Because if we change it, we will be changing the rules of everything. It will be another sport. It will be something else. So when we refer yeah. to human nature, are yeah. we referring to the unchangeable, permanent conditions yeah. okay. of human beings? Another good question. I think the answer would be something like, insofar as it is a thing, it yeah. has some essential properties. Yes. Right? And those, I guess. <laughs> you guess. Uh, and those essential properties or necessary conditions are fixed in some sense. But 
But that doesn't mean those conditions, those fixed conditions, can't include possibilities for certain types of change within a certain range. Like that could be part of the the uh, prop. Like so, for example, in in um, I don't know, Monopoly or something. I haven't played Monopoly in a while. Okay, then. Well, it's fine. I remember. Chess. Chess is better. Yeah. So within chess, there's like a set of rules, and then there's different pieces, and they each have what they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's like totally determined because there's like it's more it's really like a set of fixed possibilities. Mm. Like I can move my knight there, or there, or here. Or here, right? I'm following the rule either way, but it's not like when, when you say there's a fixed human nature, sometimes someone might hear that and think that I slash we are saying something much more strict than we actually are. Mm. And I think all we mean to say is that there is some limit and the limit might not be unitary, mm. but but yes, there is some limit. There has to be because otherwise, like that's why it's human nature and not plant nature. Mm. Or like animal nature or bottle nature. There must be something in it that distinguishes it from other kinds of natures. And that thing that it is has to have some kind of lines drawn around it. So you're saying that it's, this is more of a <laughs> epistemological indicator I, rather okay. than... I was literally <laughs> just watching the... I don't think this is going to come up this early. The Chomsky-Foucault debate. Yeah, that is exactly. On human nature. Yeah. And Foucault was using this word. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to say this. Yeah, he's going to say this. And then... Of course. There it is. That, that was like inevitable, right? It's a, just an epistemological indicator. I think this is ultimately the question of whether the things we encounter are facets of like experienced reality <laughs> or it's facets of reality itself mm. and i don't know the answer to that i don't think we any of us do mm-hmm. but i would probably say if by epistemological indicator you mean something other than reality practically speaking i would say no but if you're using that term loosely to include like f- oh. something that's actually phenomenally real Sure. Would you mean to give me an example of something that's phenomenally real that could be like if this... you're a Kantian, okay, and you say that causality exists, okay, for all intents and purposes, causality exists. Yeah, right. Now, if you, strictly speaking, mm-hmm. you could be like, yeah, but when Kant says causality exists, he means not really in the world itself. He means it's just an epistemological indicator. It's um, it's a category of consciousness mapped mm-hmm. onto the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, but that doesn't mean it's not real. Ooh. And it doesn't mean that it can't be real. Practically speaking, yes, causality exists. Like, I'm sure we would... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's like that. Uh, okay. Um, I don't think I... For sure, Foucault. I don't think also I intended this loosely, though. I think I I think I wouldn't say that when I say that human nature is an epistemological indicator 
I think that it means that it is just how can we call it? It is kind of a um, a compass hmm. that we use to kind of orient ourselves to make distinctions to make distinctions to orient ourselves in a way that allows us to define ourselves um, in a specific way okay i have a follow up question and uh and um and also this compass is not necessarily always built to go north, right? Depending on mm. the specific times, the compass might be used to go different places. That's, I think that's the way I understand it. Okay. I think the follow-up I was, which will help us specify where we stand is, is this, do you believe this compass is arbitrarily constructed? Hmm. <laughs> I think it's constructed, but I'm not sure if it's arbitrarily constructed. Okay. And I think that distinction is important. Can you explain why? Because I think that we make those categories. We create these categories that we decide to define ourselves by. And depending on the... And we've seen like throughout the history of philosophy, right? Depending on the situation, depending on, I don't know, what, what it is of the... Uh, historical age or you know the the, the the mood of the moment i don't know what it is specifically that makes those changes but we end up and we try to define ourselves differently I think aristotle uh man is rational animal. rational animal or social being uh then you go to marx and is homo faber is the man that does stuff and then there's homo ludens the man that plays mm-hmm. you know that depending on the situation we tend to um, highlight some specific characteristics and make that human nature. Which means, in my opinion, this is a good indication of the fact that we construct those categories depending on what we're trying to do at that okay. moment. This is exactly what Foucault said in the debate, right? <laughs> then I guess I am in total... Uh, uh, he has brainwashed me throughout the years. <laughs> so, yeah, they were having this discussion and the discussion specifically was uh about justice uh, dude this was before the justice part okay. they were talking about uh oh they started with language yeah right and so chomsky was talking about creativity and- creativity right and he started out by talking about how given the gap between the little amount of input a child gets and then the vastly detailed creative outputs linguistically yeah. that can exist there has to be some innate structures responsible for that yes and therefore there is something called human nature this being one part of that yeah and foucault's response was like i'm skeptical of this and yeah. he used a scientific example uh-huh. he said he said let's think about uh biology mm-hmm and he's saying there's some things in biology that are well-defined and true, let's mm-hmm. say. Like, he's, I think he said reflexes. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is a reflex? Mm-hmm. And then he said there's other things that are presented as being well actual, defined actual, well-defined and true, but they're actually not. They're really just set up to indicate a field for research. Yeah. 
because it depends on what you want to do. It's talking about like even species and this kind yes. of this kind of concept. He yeah. talked about life, yeah, which is very interesting. He says like the concept of life wasn't really a part of 16th and 17th century sciences because yep. there was no need for it so in the explanations they lived forever <laughs> with this specific thing. Yeah. And he said basically it wasn't until like the progression from the 17th to the 18th yeah. century where they're like, oh, the microscope came into play and we have these new things we're trying to explain. And so we kind of like invent, I'm going to use that term loosely, this concept of life to delineate this whole, oh, now we have to explore this stuff. Yeah, it's the field of the knowledge. The field. And this is, I think, what you're saying. It's very similar, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't completely agree with that. <laughs> of course, I can, I could have guessed. But I, but I don't but it's completely funny. disagree. It's funny how I haven't watched that thing in mm-hmm. forever. And I wasn't specifically thinking about that. But he's just, he's just there. It's, it's just there, right? <laughs> it just drilled a hole in my head with he's this thing. He's just there. It's, it's so difficult to get away from, from that mindset, I guess, once you kind of embraced, uh, once he is, once you take him seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the doubt in your head when it comes to these things, then I think it comes natural. And I think the argument is, plausible he's not crazy when he says these things no of course he's not crazy it's not like it's not the glib or something like that and it's not like and this is for another episode it's not even the way it's being portrayed oh yeah yeah yeah. sure i think it's it's just like some things are he's attached unfairly to some there's always ways of oversimplifying things yeah because i i don't think that what i said about human nature is particularly controversial either no and it also wouldn't support things i know you wouldn't support now exactly whose advocates would claim that they attach to this exactly exactly um yeah so the reason i i think the word constructed is that's the one you don't like i know that it's i think it's a tricky word because there's a sense in which i think it's right and a sense in which i don't because, like, you really break down the word construct, like to construct. Connotatively, it sounds like it's a activity of a consciousness. There's a will Intentionally there. doing it. Which right? is not like, what we're like saying. Like I'm building. I'm constructing which a is, building. Which is definitely not what I'm saying, nor what he's saying, Okay, I think. okay. And then this, we can already rule out one of these oversimplifications, which mm-hmm. is related to the arbitrary thing, which is yeah. like, I'm just deciding to make this thing. And that is exactly why I made the distinction. Constructed, okay. but not arbitrary. Okay. Because that is like, and again, if we go back to what he's saying, for example, right? He's saying that there is a specific way of thinking and uh, an ethos of an era, right? Instead, in fact, he's talking about specific historical periods, right? Isn't isn't a story of ideas after all? And if we think about it, he's just saying that during that period of time, for whatever reason, we start thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And he's pointing out to the invention of microscopes. Sometimes it's technology that makes us see things differently. Sometimes it's just whatever paradigm that's in place. But it's not that somebody, the intention is not there. It's not that somebody is like, oh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this shit up <laughs> and I'm going to make you believe it, but it's not true, right? That's not the case, which is the way in which people sometimes simplify this. Yeah, he uses some language of like, you have each era is like a grid. 
mm-hmm. and the grid has a different shape. And mm-hmm. so it's like letting some light through, which is the truth, and concealing other parts. Mm-hmm. And then when another era comes, they place another grid on top of it. And it's not letting that light through and also more. It like conceals some things previously known to be true while showing some other things maybe that are true. Mm-hmm. And so his point is like you're never – first of all, it's not cumulative, which is something we talk yeah. about. But you're never getting like an exact thing. It's always like a, a piecemeal. You're getting pieces, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they – sometimes the same piece of light comes through throughout centuries and then eventually something comes and covers that. And maybe we had that right, right? And then the truth is coming. The other pieces of truth that were not there, they're there. But again, I think that with human nature specifically, I think it's kind of right in this case. Okay, so I think one of the distinctions we're making in the club discussion just right now mm-hmm. with – we did it with language and then we did it with consciousness and AI is showing itself now, which is there is a distinction between um, some things being and some things being known. Yeah. I would say this at least. Would you agree with this? Sure, but I, yeah, I think it's undeniable. Okay, well – Picture if you're like a hardcore idealist or something, right? Like they would say. Um, So assuming you're not that, I I think that to say that human nature is something like a small c construct, right? There's a Husserl uses the word um, constitute. Mm -hmm. I think all these words are way too active. but we have to figure out like a more passive and way th- of saying this. But this is why I'm, I think the epistemological indicator is kind of the best because okay. it's, it's sure, just, sure. Let's, it's I'll just use that an one. indicator, right? I'll it's, use that. It's just it doesn't imply you doing anything. It's just so just there, <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> I think there's a difference then mm-hmm. between being like, is there a thing called human nature? Human nature is X. And then saying what can and do we know mm-hmm. about human nature? And I get why that second question mm-hmm. would be like an epistemological issue mm-hmm. and different epochs have different indicators based on their scientific or cultural, um, how would you say, interests, I'll use that mm-hmm. word loosely, pursuits. But that that doesn't seem... To apply to the other one, which is like, no, 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 that there is something that's that and that it is something regardless of whether I'm knowing it fully. In this specific case, um, unless we are – and I think it's similar to the things that we said in there too. I think that unless we are really making this human nature – and this is like, I always say this thing, just a bundle of possibilities mm-hmm. with n- very little things that are fixed. Or we limit human nature to the very basic material stuff mm-hmm. that we can say about a human being, right? Then that's it. That's the only thing that I would say. So it has to be really small or really big. Yeah, I don't. I can. I don't think it's mm. there. There are other ways in which we can actually attach this being. Yeah. To to human nature, I don't see any other ways. 
because then otherwise we're committing to something that I'm not, I don't know if I'm comfortable to. What else would there – what would exist in between those two things on the number line? Like where on the one hand you say it's just like the biological slash physical materials and then on the other side it's just like almost infinite possibilities. Like it's everything that you – Again, it's like all these possible things that get indicated every time mm-hmm. the epoch goes about, right? What's in between those things? Some specific stuff. Because um, I'm inclined, I'm inclined to go to the middle. Like human nature is, I don't know, creativity. Like this, this Chomsky route. Just to make an example, know. right? We're, because the middle ground between these two things will be some specific stuff. It'd be like here's some specific materials, and like fixed lines that in them contain some possibilities. But also think of some function or some ways some of being. Function. Yeah, that all those things. And if we start defining things that way, again, I'm not one hundred percent sure I'm comfortable with that with that way of going with that way of because you see it becoming teleological because i see it becoming authoritative uh can be okay it can be again think of foucault's objection in that in that debate is like oh right now we're saying justice right yeah yeah but then if somebody else comes in and makes another again think of the nazis right they decided that the epistemological indicator of human nature was something very specific and everyone else. Just listen to Kanye. Yeah, exactly. Just listen to Kanye. Everybody else, that will be, right? So that's true. But again, I'm hearing this seems to be an issue of... Um, and I... I want to use a U line, yep. which is this is not an issue with the the um, the concept. Mm-hmm. It's an issue with the implementation. Which could be. Which could be. Um, which also means... So here's the thing. Would you, I guess the the question is, is it possible that there are some very specific characteristics or functions or whatever that we can define as absolutely human and human nature? There could be creativity, for example, right? Human, human beings by nature are creative or human beings by nature tend to justice or stuff like that. I think there's got to be some. I okay. don't know how specific we can get, but even... I think the more specific, the more dangerous. The more dangerous? It is. Well, clearly there is, even if you go like Plato, Aristotle, you know, people may think this is primitive, but the distinctions between plants and animals and humans have some real things in it. Like, But those are the very basic material mm. stuff there. Well, okay, so we should probably get them out of the way, though, because if people are listening, the one idea is that Humans aren't purely nutritive. Yeah. Because there are other nutritive things like plants and animals. Yeah. And we're distinct from that. So yes. next option, maybe nutritive things with perceptual apparatuses. And it's like better, but mm, because the lower animals are that too. We're going to end up with frontal lobes. That's the, that's the, that's the, with something like the intellect. Yes. With, yeah. the, with, with, with the, the reason, brain. with consciousness. or se- Even there, right? With rational consciousness. I don't oh. know. I, maybe I'll, again, I'm willing to go to with a specific brain structure in a specific b- way, with certain 
features that yes. we believe animals don't have, don't such have. as the long-term ability, future. The ability to compute something, the ability to, to count, whatever. To the, have universals. To have universal. The ability to speak with a verbal language that it's made the way we have it. These are all good. Um, but those not, again... But I wouldn't go this specific. I will talk just about the fact that the brain is structured in a way that allows for these things to happen. So I think you could go that route. But uh, like, if I'm going to be the, the phenomenologist, uh-huh. I would say something like you're kind of making a leap mm-hmm. by attributing these things to a brain well, when we don't need to do that. We could just like describe the features. But again, we're just mentioning stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically, and this is why I was saying we're going to end up with frontal lobes because those seems to be the ones that research has shown is associated with these things. Well, the, right? materially, we all only us, only humans possess those, right? True. And that is the extent to which I'm going. Now we are attaching those to to some specific function. That's fine. We can do that because they seem to. Be, but that is that's what that's the extent to which I'm willing to say those are human nature. Those are features that are typical of human. You know, I'm not a materialist, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that is the that is the option. Yeah, I think I think it's the question of the capability slash features okay. versus the question of where those capability slash features are coming from. True. And I think I th- I would uh, rather do the first, and you're comfortable doing the the second. Yeah, I don't know if then, let's put it this way. I mean, in abstract, right? If there is a being that has the material, physical characteristics that are unique to our species, Mm -hmm. specifically, let's say frontal lobes, right? Again, it's a little bit more complex than that, right? Because mm-hmm. there are other other features, other physical features that need to be there. Uh, but not that many. If this being exists, even if he doesn't exhibit, if he doesn't exhibit the functions that come with that, mm-hmm. I will still call it a human being. Because in general, the that thing in theory, has that function, even if it's not functioning adequately or at all. Yeah, um, and not because of that necessarily, because he has those material-specific characteristics that look like So this that. is like how you can call a dead body still a human. Exactly. Okay. You could do that. <laughs> but I'm again, I'm not saying that this is what I think. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying this is, to me, one possibility that's acceptable and not dangerous yeah. when it comes to human nature. Or there's the other way. Which is the human nature is just this bundle of absolute possibilities that cannot be truly defined though. Could what completely. about a synthesis of what you said and what I so like would you be comfortable saying it it may or may not be that material locus, but whatever it is that is that locus of those things, the having of that thing. The, is what, is what, the having of frontal lobes is the locus for the functions? I think this is what you were saying. Mm. And I think I was saying, what if we were allowed for the possibility that the locus of those functions, activities, may not be material? And just say, whatever the locus is oh, oh, uh, of those things, that's the thing 
I sure. I don't. I. I don't think. Okay. He, I don't think he. I don't believe it's immaterial, but I or material. Um, it, it but, but it could be. gives us a little more. Yeah, but it could be wiggle room. But it, sure, I don't, okay. I don't have a problem with that. But that whatever that is, that is it. Not the specific functions, but the locus, if you want. And yeah. not because it's the locus, but because we all share it. Okay, so this distinction is interesting because you're saying even if it doesn't function, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it has this thing, and that's what makes it human. Whereas the the opposite view would be like, not opposite, but the other view would be like, not only does it have to have it, it has to work. Mm-hmm. Like my Nintendo has to work to really be a Nintendo, yeah. right? Yeah. My my pen has to write, write in order to be a pen or yeah. something. Hmm. Which I, again, I think if we go that route, it's a little bit problematic. The second one. Yeah. Right, because you're thinking it's going to exclude certain people with disabilities. Even if you're drunk or something, it like um, yeah. inhibits the frontal lobe and also, functioning. You know, we kind of have a bad, bad history of lobotomizing people <laughs> oh, and oh, being just, like, you know, human. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, just, you just, you know, excluding people because they yeah. don't exhibit some specific characteristics. Mm-hmm. But they're still, for all intended purposes, have are. the thing. Yes. Right. Okay. But at the very least, mm-hmm. we're agreeing that there is something. Again, that it's either that basic or super. In this basic one you're laying out, do you yeah. still think it's merely an epistemological indicator? Or is it no, like... No, I think that is below, right? So this is the, the metaphysics of that, it. That is the below thing. That is the... That cool. is the the, cool. the How can we say? An epistemological indicator still needs to be an indicator of something. Of some... Metaphysical uh, yeah, stuff, right? ontological indicator, and okay. the yes, but again, it's so okay basic that there's like zero, zero. See, I think that's interesting issues. because, I, okay, issue number one, I don't <laughs> think that's basic. I think it's like saying to you, "I got a car," mm-hmm. and being like, "That's basic," but really, you open the hood and you're like, "Oh my god, there's all this stuff." Second thing is, I think there are people that would disagree with what we're saying i don't think this is as uncontroversial as maybe we think it is uh meaning that there are people that will say that there's not even this this mere like material stuff yeah yeah i i think there's people that argue against the existence of human nature but again so i have the feeling that once i'm done with this Mm -hmm. it's going to be so hollow that some people will say well but that means that there's no such thing which is a that's two different claims, though, right? Like X is simple versus X doesn't exist. It is, but I think that the claim that people make... So, for example, I believe the Foucault will agree with me. Okay. Uh, I think that the claim that people make when they say that it does not exist, the human nature does exist, is the claim... The claim in reality is human nature is not this thing that you believe it is. I'm thinking, like, so Michio Kaku said, the hard problem doesn't exist because it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, that's not that. That's kind of what I hear, though. Mm, from my perspective? From people who are claiming, well, it doesn't really exist because the thing you're saying is, like, so obviously true, it doesn't matter. Like, those are two different... Uh, yeah, yeah, then I know what you're saying. So, but this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that 
there are some material, super basic conditions that I think it's impossible to deny mm-hmm. that that are the the things that make the difference between us and a table. That's that's all I'm saying. That is all. If by human nature we we are describing whatever makes us different from a table, from a plant, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. on a purely physical material level, sure, that is human nature. Okay. Which, again, I'm okay. I'm content saying that. That's fine. I don't know how relevant this is, right, for the things that we're trying to, to accomplish. Uh, for Again, because mm. I think of the opposite position, right, the position of, yes, there is a specific human nature. There's a there's there's certain one or multiple characteristics that absolutely define what a human is and it's beyond this very what I'm calling basic uh description. Think what that side is trying to accomplish. I think that side is trying to accomplish us very it's trying to find a very specific way to distinguish human beings not just from things or plants or animals, but to describe kind of an ideal way in which human beings are supposed to be. I think that there is, it's easier to make a leap from that perspective to this is the way in which you're supposed to be. And if you're not this way, well, we need to change you because you're behaving in a way that's not human. Yeah, it could be easier to do that, but doesn't mean you have to go down that route. But it's easier to do, right? Sure. I mean, but okay, let, let me that, think of it. In the, well, but it doesn't make it. Of, of course, the fact that that is a possibility, right? It doesn't make it necessarily wrong. Yeah. That's, like yeah. like it's easier to dismember you if I have a wood chipper. Exactly. exactly. But it doesn't mean that if I have the wood chipper, chipper I'm going gonna... to do that. Of course. That I understand. Okay. But I'm saying, let's put it this way. There are two things. This is the same argument that Fichte makes. Uh, against Kant. Um, let's say that it is equally plausible. There, let's say there's the same amount of, of evidence that points to human nature being the basic bodily stuff, which I'm talking about, and human nature is uh, some specific thing, whatever, some specific characteristic. Let's say there is the same amount of evidence for both. Mm-hmm. Which one, at that point, from a natural standpoint, we cannot know anymore. So what makes the difference? Fichte would say ethics makes the difference, right? Mm-hmm. So it is better, if, they're, if they are the same from a knowledge perspective, which, which um, view would it be better to flourish, the view that tells us that there are some exclude that there, there might lead to possibilities that are terrible or the, the view that doesn't lead that way Fichte will say the one that doesn't lead that way is that this is the argument he makes against Kant right yeah. criticism is okay the nominal and the phenomenal um, you say it's there but there are good indications also that could be that there's no nominal mm-hmm. world there mm-hmm. but idealism is better because it gives me so many more things than right. other stuff. So we'll go with there. It was wrong. It's like, a, it's like a, it's like a pragmatic kind of argument. But he way. says, if yes, but he says, if there is no difference, why wouldn't I go with? It's like, 
let's think it this way. Mm-hmm. If it makes zero difference for me to tell you the truth about something or not to tell you the truth about something, if there is zero difference, right? Yeah. Then at that point, shouldn't I do whatever is more convenient? Yeah, I, I think this is just like... Um... And I'm not saying that this is the way we should do this, right? The way we yeah, should approach this. It seems it's like it's like a conflation of philosophical categories, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm conflating that actuality is truth. With, with ought. With an ought, right. Which is like, those are two different... I disagree. I mean, I'm not in agreement with that. Because I'm a. To me, it's. It sounds like this the philosophical grown-up version of the the school board I I reference. <laughs> if given the choice between being right and being nice, always go with being nice. It sounds like that. Well, Fikri is saying like no. If it is the same, mm-hmm. no matter you know, no matter what, it's just be kind, I guess. So, but I again, I think that there's much more evidence that goes towards the very basic thing than not the other side okay so. uh i was thinking about the possibility of exclusions mm. that exist as a possibility maybe even a necessity of taking a view which goes beyond the material and instead into something more specific like functions in the moment or some universal conditions that everyone experiences and to this, I would say, the fact that exceptions sometimes exist within empirical facts doesn't mean that those things aren't empirical facts. Like, humans have one heart. Okay. Right? Sometimes there's a defect where maybe it's born with like half a heart. Okay. Or maybe it's born with like one and a half hearts or mm-hmm. two hearts. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean though that therefore they're not humans. They're not humans and it also doesn't mean therefore the amount of hearts humans have exists on a spectrum. Right? Like it that, does not mean that. It does not no, mean okay. that. Right. So my point is in the same way, we wouldn't say the person born with half a heart or one and a half hearts isn't human. We could allow for the definition of uh, human nature to go beyond the material and into specific mental functionings and existential conditions in a way that doesn't require us to like say oh if someone doesn't have this specific thing then they're automatically not human well but i think that while it's easier well it is it is easier to to establish and to verify right um stuff of that kind when he when he pertains to purely material stuff it becomes more difficult when we add functions and existential stuff in there because i think as i was saying before yeah, I'm talking about the frontal lobes, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you know we're using as the the the, the, lo- the specific locus or something, or the 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 main trait that makes us the the main thing that we have that nobody else has, right? Mm-hmm. But all I was also saying before is not that simple, right? Mm-hmm. You need that. You you need that and I don't know a list of things, a list of other 
physical features, right? Um, so a heart is required. Half a heart doesn't disqualify you from it because in the meanwhile, you have all the other stuff too, right? And you're saying we can tag along other stuff in there too, like more complex things. But I think it's a little bit more risky and complicated. Because? Simply because they're not as easily identifiable, number one. And number two, because he makes it so specific that then the elimination of these things make it a little bit more... Um, a little bit more, how can we say... Um, difficult to to just to just make the distinction i feel that the more the more specifics you put in better the more features you put in mm -hmm. and the more you stray from the physical characteristics the more in trouble you can get because you're adding too many stuff and then you know okay ethical trouble you're saying um most yes but also in, in general like even ontological or epistemological, because it's like it becomes very, very difficult. Because that's that's the one I think is more important. Yeah, no, because absolutely. with the ethical stuff, I, I absolutely understand the concern. But I think at the end of the day, it's not really. Um, and I, I don't think you're doing this, but I think you're highlighting something that someone might do, which is basically like I'm censoring my ontological and epistemological eye for the sake of some ethical ideal yeah. I have. Yeah, which is why I'm saying it's not that those... So my reasoning is like on top of, of the epistemological and ontological truth that comes with identifying human nature, which is just this basic stuff, mm -hmm. there's also the advantage that it's ethical, ethically preferable. It's like gravy. It's, a, it's, it's Exactly. It's yeah. added value, right? Okay. Um, but I'm curious to hear what, yeah. which one are this stuff that you think should be added there? Like that, that you think this more specific existential mm. or. I think there's qualitative stuff that comes along with it, just like, in a general sense. Like you talk about Nagel, what is it like to be a bat? You could just as well ask, what is it like to be a human? Mm -hmm. And I think this is what a lot of the existentialists talked about. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kierkegaard talks, you know, this this kind of general cycle of. You, anxiety and despair right right so you have like heidegger who's talking about dasein the human being as the one who is is, is aware of its own existence and in the face of this it is the only one that is aware in this level and in the face of its awareness of its own existence and existence in general it, it sees itself as kind of pointless maybe yeah. and this this connects to you know like sartre and, and kierkegaard and and arbitrary and not absolutely justified and therefore intrinsically meaningless meaningless and so you feel this dread this angst right this anxiety and this could lead you into nihilism or it could lead you into a path where you create values or become part of value, values that are larger than yourself depending on if you go the atheist or the the religious yeah. route but like this kind of thing these are the givens of what it is like to be a human and like this it, it seems kind of funny to me to exclude this because obviously plants don't have this. So this is unique to non-plants. Obviously animals don't have this. So this is unique to well us. We mentioned pigs before. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but that jokes aside, I, I see what you're saying. 
And I think, I think that, and maybe this is a distinction that I will need to clarify somehow eventually, but um, I think that those things that you're talking about are part of the human condition. Sure. But that is not human nature. But, okay, that, right. That but... is not part of necessarily human nature. It's part of the human condition, which is attached to also also sort of contextual stuff. So I maybe that's kind of my point. I didn't mean to say that it's the same thing as human nature. Okay. I guess I meant to say that it is one aspect of human nature. I think this is... But again, I guess that's the epistemological indicator mm-hmm. which I'm talking about, right? The human condition is the epistemological indicator that we decide to highlight depending on the situation where we're in. Um, do all human beings experience anxiety and despair? Probably not. True, but I would say that's not relevant. No, but what I'm saying is, uh, well, all human beings experience prefrontal lobes. Oh, he's back to that. Okay, I'm gonna for Christmas. I'm just gonna buy you <laughs> like a little pink mush, and you'd be like, "What is this?" I'm gonna say it's a it's a prefrontal, prefrontal lobe. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though. Uh, I think that those things are important. They're part of the human experience. They're part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. But they're not part of human nature. Yeah, I, th- I think I just like why. You agree with that? No, I disagree with that. Okay, like I don't understand why. What's if... the difference? What's the difference? No, you understand what? What's the difference, or you understand why? I, I'm. I think my my issue is why wouldn't the what it is like to be a human be part of human nature? Because the nature of humans is to be in such a way that you are experiencing what it is like to be a human. Again, then there is, this is the interplay between the two big things that which I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If you put it this way, then I'll tell you if what is like to be a human is this infinite amount of possibilities that are given by this. It's the switchboard thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but given that this physical specific characteristic, then sure. But but but. The- there are, <laughs> there are limitations you're saying. Yeah, like that I, I think by you the agree fact with. that the uh, prefrontal lobes. Like <laughs> it's a leap. <laughs> Husserl would say it's a leap. Um, the point is like you're aware of your own existence. Yes? Uh, but yes. I assume that, sure, that we yeah, all are. Yeah. Um, you are. So self-awareness is the thing that you would add to the merely physical stuff. If you can isolate that in a specific way, maybe. Um, but then also awareness of existence in general. So this is where you incorporate the... I think I don't think we can say that with certainty, that this is, is unique. That? Oh, because you think other animals might. Yeah. Or computers. You think computers might be. In the future. Or Feeling now. angst as a result of being aware. Can computer do that? Now, no. Can okay. animal do that? Possible. Okay. We don't know. Can we agree that we don't know that? So are you taking this... Are you refusing my position on the basis that we have to take <laughs> like a skeptical position because of animals? I think that's one thing that you can do. But there's, okay. a, there's also another issue there, okay. which again, we can do, let's say, anxiety... And despair. Let's pick this two arbitrarily. Let's say this two are essential aspect of human beings, of 
being humans. Mm -hmm. I think that it's possible to believe that these features are typical of human beings, let's say, I don't want to say just of a specific era, but just want to say of human beings starting from a specific era. Okay. So maybe I'll say something again, just making stuff up here. Um, anxiety and despair become part of human nature starting with the 1700s. Mm -hmm. Before that, those things are not part of our experience. And if that is the case, those things are an epistemological indicator. So they're culturally influenced. Mm, yes. Yes. Okay. In a sense. In a sense, yes. To be continued, there's I just thought of like another one or two we can get into and then after that we can get into maybe this other sure. political I, stuff, I guess. I'm thinking and we gotta we gotta close this. I'm thinking think of the difference that there is like when we talk about mental illness when Freud is doing stuff and now. Mm -hmm. And at some people think that it's just language, but I don't think that it's language. I think the concepts were different there. So hysteria was a big thing, right? And now this thing does, is not a thing anymore. Well, all people were affected up by hysteria. None of, not people, there's zero people affected by this now. Why is that? A lot of people thought they were Napoleon. Mm -hmm. Now nobody thinks to be Napoleon. Mm -hmm. And it's not that just they, now they think to be, um, who's the president? Biden. All of a sudden now, right? <laughs> uh, just this, this mania doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, or it's completely... Uh, so we need to take this into consideration too, I think. All right. To be continued. See you later. See you.